Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB, online, on the app, and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on TalkSport. What a performance. Hello and uh, welcome to The Oval. I'm John Norman and alongside Steve Harmison. Uh, we're going to try our hardest to condense six and a half hours of mind-boggling cricket into 60 minutes of chat. Um, and it won't just be chat. You're here along the way from the legendary former England opener and Captain Graham Gooch, the cricketers at George DeBell on the punishment uh, meted out to Yorkshire County Cricket Club today. Uh, we're going to hear from Australian fans defending Aussies go slow. We're going to hear from Australian fans um, uh, slamming Australia's go slow, as well as uh, uh, from the England camp uh, with uh, Stuart Broad and Australia's Steve Smith having just spoken a few moments ago. Uh, the day itself, well, it started with two hours of snooze ball, just at 54 runs in the uh, only opening session, 26 overs bowled, just the one wicket, thanks to a bit of Balesgate. More on Balesgate, as absolutely nobody is calling it a little bit later. What a catch from Joe Root, by the way. Uh, but the Aussies have batted so slowly in that morning session, they almost started scoring backwards. And as predicted, last night it cost them big time. Five wickets falling in the afternoon. Broad setting the tempo with two quick ones just after lunch. But no doubt about it, which of the five caused the most excitement? He's got one through Mitchell Marsh. Back into the attack and he strikes. Anderson, that is. And after Carey and Stark went quickly, England were now thinking of a healthy first innings lead. Australia, 185 for seven, teetering. And then maybe, just maybe, the biggest sliding door moment of the whole series. The score, 194 for seven, when Steve Smith came back for a suicidal second. England came flying in. Ah! That's brilliant. I'll tell you what, this could be out. The bat is rounded inside. Okay, I'm ready with my decision for the big screen. Remember the name, George Elam. An hour later, a review of the laws and a million replays. And the feeling was that Smith actually should have been given out, but who knows. That survive he did before finally perishing thanks to a decent catch from Bairstow for 70. Australia had repaired the damage though. 
and some late order sixes from Murphy saw them go past England's first inning score only for the last wicket to fall five minutes from what would have been the scheduled close. So it means after 21 days of Ashes action, it'll come down to a one inning shootout to decide whether Australia win or England draw the Ashes. You're listening to Following On Ashes Inquest on TalkSport. Oof. Big thanks to Sky Sports Cricket for those highlight clips as ever. Harmy, OK, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Basball mixed snooze ball? Do you want to start with Anderson's wicket? Do you want to start with the five that fell in the afternoon, the run out that wasn't, but after an hour possibly should have been? Uh, Todd Murphy hit his first six in professional cricket and then went for two more against Mark Wood. All that Ben Stokes T20 catch on the boundary. Or shall we start with what I think is and has been a heroic performance from England's dad's army. Yeah, the, I thought the bowlers did really, really well. We probably should start after lunch because I've been sitting in a in a room full Was of... Was it al- a good lunch? Well, I've been sitting in a room full of alcohol all day, <laughs> right? And I'll tell you what, before one o'clock, I have sat there looking at pints of lager, pints Al- of Did Alan get there 24 no, hours early? No, no, and I've been looking... No, he's there tomorrow, apparently, so I could be even more tempted but i have never been as as much tempted over the course of all my time doing this show during the ashes to turn to drink in that first hour than what i was watching from australia i really was and and i know i don't know look they're gonna retain the ashes they're taking it home but that was taking it to a whole new level what was it lavishing nine off 82 balls that was taking to something else oh my word it was yeah it was and i i thought england to be fair i thought england bowled really well without a huge amount of luck. They beat the bat. I thought the, the hell length very, very good. Um, I thought their disciplines were were, were very, you know, they, they put England on the front foot. And the, the one thing about the way England bat is if they lose a cluster of wickets, they're going at five and over, so the scoreboard is still going. I think because of the way Australia went in that first session, if it wasn't for Cummins and Murphy at the end of the day, Australia would be in a whole lot of trouble. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, England would have taken this and then they wouldn't have taken this in, in the same uh, moment. What was your take on the run out that was, then wasn't, but then possibly should have been, but actually at the end of the day probably shouldn't have been? And, I mean, I thought it was out straight away. I really did. I'm, I was standing there. I was actually standing with Michael Vaughan at the time. Uh, and Sam, Sam was with us, I think. Sam Allard was with us. And I'm going, that's out. I, I, I understand that the, the bail on the, on the sort of leg stump, if you, if you want to look at it that way, the, the, the sort of left-hand stump was in the air, but the right-hand bail hadn't been dislodged. And then when Johnny's hands sort of got on the ball and crashed into the stumps, for me, I, I just I couldn't understand the decision that was made. I really couldn't, even with you know, Sky and I think it was Ian Ward who you know, went delved into the law deeper and deeper and deeper. I, I'm, I'm standing there looking at it, I'm going, I can't understand why that's not out. Yes, the, the bill was dislodged from the left, the, the sort of leg stump, if you want to look at it, for an example. But the middle bill wasn't dislodged. And then when the middle bill was dislodged, his bat was still on the line. So for me, that was out. I just I didn't get the why they had to go 50 minutes and find out this was, this was out. I, I, I really thought it was out in, in, when you first seen it, when the, what the third umpire was seeing. So I didn't understand what you were seeing. It is a, it's a curious beast, this game, isn't it? But essentially, we're looking back at a day's play where the bails played a huge part. And I yeah. suppose it's fitting when you consider the iconic moment, apart from Freddie consoling Brett Lee, from 2005 was, of course, 
the bales uh, being knocked off the stumps at the end of day five, wasn't it? But there was another moment involving those two small bits of wood, and that was uh, Stuart Broad, um, who essentially swapped them round, which, uh, when Marnus Labuschagne was, was batting, Labuschagne found it hilarious. He then edged to Joe... Well, actually, he edged to Bairstow's right, and Joe, <laughs> Root, Joe Root caught a brilliant catch to his left, and then suddenly it got very serious, and, and Labuschagne didn't find it very funny at all. But, uh, I mean, he's just been gold, hasn't he? Brody. He has. He's been he's been so good. He really has been so good. And I know he did the media after the game and Jimmy Yeah, we'll hear a little bit of that. Jimmy in a second, did actually. Yeah, Jimmy did um Jimmy did the T V and they were both great value. I heard the way Jimmy spoke. Jimmy was honest as ever. It's as honest as I've heard, you know, in, in such a a pressurized time for Jim, but Brody has been the the two of them have been unbelievable ambassadors for this country. And Jimmy hasn't got the wickets he would like in this series he's just been a little bit out of form he's been like that time after time after time in his career and bounced back but Brody has led by example he has been magnificent in this series in that middle session it, it, it gave me sort of goosebumps because it reminded me bowling from the end uh, in 2009 my last ever test match and watching this young superstar with golden blonde locks just glide in with his knees pumping, and I thought he's going to do it again here. I really thought he was going to go straight through Australia, get four or five wickets, and and again raise his hand and win the Test match for England. And he might do that in the second innings, but I thought when he was needed, and you need your champion to stand up, I thought Stuart Broad. I actually thought, to be fair to them, you've got Dad's Army written on my bit of paper, but I thought they were all magnificent. Mark Wood would bowl quickly. Chris Wokes was excellent with discipline. Brody was seized the moment at the right time. And it was fitting that all the all the look that Jimmy hasn't getting and he's possibly getting throughout his career, his wicket came off an inside edge off the sort of side of the 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 hip of, of Mitch Marsh and it clattered into leg stump. It was quite it's quite ironic that he got the wicket that way. So I thought it was a great a great effort by all of them. Let's hear, talking of great efforts, um, we've had Sam Ellard in the press conference sending back little snippets from Stuart Broad's uh, post-match chat, and it sounds hilarious. We're going to speak to Sam. We're also going to hear some from Broad. Let's hear uh, from Stuart Broad on uh, the run-out and also um, uh, the uh, Balesgate, as only I'm calling it. Honestly, don't know the rules, to be honest. So I think there was, I think there was um, enough grey area to, to give that... Not out. I mean, it, what what are the rules? Is that was it the right decision? Uh, it, it looked like sort of benefit of the doubt type stuff, didn't it? First first angle I saw, I thought out, and then the, the side angle um, looked like the bail was probably dislodged. Kumar said to me, if it was zinger bales, it would have been given out. I don't really understand the reasoning why. Okay, so that's from one bales related story to another. I've heard, I mean, I've sort of might have made this up, I've heard it's a, like an Aussie uh, change of luck thing. And I've seen Nathan Lyon do it. And I feel like I've seen Justin Langer do it. And I've, we got some, is that right? You never heard of that. Um, <laughs> could have just made that up. Um, but we had a few player misses uh, in the morning session and, you know, it was, we needed to make a breakthrough. Um, and I thought I'll have a little change of the bales. Marnus is quite a, you know, he's, he's someone who would notice everything, so he took notice of it. And I think Uzi said something to him, like, oh, that's, I've seen someone do that before. And then, you know, it just worked out pretty magically that he nicked the next ball and Rooty took a great catch. So, yeah, I, uh, I randomly went and celebrated with Uzi for some reason. But, um, 
<laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was it was just a nice uh, you know little change of change of bail to change the luck, and it and it seemed to work for that ball. I mean, that's absolute gold, <laughs> is it? Is that spirit of cricket, though, Harvey? No, do you know what that is? That's human element of what happens on a field that nobody in the crowd sees, and that's why it's brilliant. Uh, for me, that that just you know ticks another box in a in a great series. When you hear comments like that and you hear stories like that. We want to hear. I'm not a big fan of when the stump mics up and you you hear aggressive people falling out on the field. But when you hear funny little things, anecdotes that comes, you know that's there's there's no there's no spirit in that. No sort of against the spirit of the game in that. That's just a bit of fun between guys on a field who are who are trying their best. So good on them. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, we'll uh, we've got so much to talk about on the show. We're going to hear from some uh, some great names as well. So don't go anywhere. If you want to get involved as well with uh, any of your thoughts on the action that took place uh, at the Oval today, text us 81089. Call us 0371722334. Uh, you're listening to Following On Ashes Inquest. A pitch perfect delivery of superior cricket conversation. This is Following On Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. Terrible. Bloody terrible. I think they're trying to prove points. Yeah. Basketball doesn't work. We've won the series. Take that, England. A bit surprising, especially from an Aussie perspective. You know, they're usually the, the on the front foot most of the time. But, yeah, a little, little bit frustrating. But we'll see how it goes. This morning we should have been on attack. Um, and we should have been getting those runs. And I don't know what happened. I can't believe I've paid a single pound for that cricket. Yesterday afternoon, the last session, they defensively, of course... But I would like to see him turn it on a little bit this morning. It's not a huge total to get, really, is it? Boring, boring Aussies. Well, there's uh, just a few of the uh, many viewpoints uh, that uh, came about from that first session. Australia, what was that all about? 54 runs, one wicket uh, down, 26 overs. Really opened the door to England. And they came charging in only for Australia to slam it back in their face late in the day. It has been one of those series. Uh, Sam Ellard, fresh from the press conferences, you've been to a few. <laughs> yes. You've been to a few. Yeah. In the last couple of uh, months. Uh, how does that one uh, fare? Because yeah. I believe Stuart Broad rocked up. The uh, the press guy, Danny Rubin, yep. who's brilliant, um, was waylaid. And instead of waiting for him, he just thought, oh, let's just get on with it. Lads. Yeah, I've been in a and lot of press just... conferences over the last couple of years now in football and cricket. And basically, they're all pretty dull, apart from if Stuart Broad's doing a press conference then it's pretty good yeah i think this evening because jimmy anderson did did the tv and it was broad doing the media the the press officer was was slightly occupied so Stuart broad rolled up and basically said we've been here before we know how it works let's just crack on and um three questions in he was asked about bailgate as you heard and he came up with this theory in his head that he's seen it before with with nathan lyon doing it he thinks justin langer steve smith was waiting next to him to do his press conference and he simply asked Steve is that true? Steve Smith said no what on earth are you talking about and the press conference very quickly moved on but no um, I think whenever Stuart Broad does decide to retire we'll obviously miss him because he's a world class bowler but I think his press conference his his antics on the field which are memes and gifs all over social media I think that's probably what I'm going to miss I think the most when Stuart Broad does decide to give it all up uh, Sam, do you think that was Stuart Broad little auditioning to this guy's sports studio? No, tonight? no, because you know what? I don't think he needs to audition. I think he knows. <laughs> uh, he I knows he's he, in. I think he knows whenever he wants, he's in. I mean, he's absolutely golden. Like when when I talk to the written guys and they 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 get the message that Stuart Broad's doing the press conference, they all clench their fists in in excitement. And so no, I I don't think he needs an audition, does he? I think he's born for TV, isn't he? Brilliant stuff, uh, Sam. Well, let, let's hear from Steve Smith because he also 
rocked up after Broad had done his piece. Um, Harmy thought the run out should have gone England's way. Stuart Broad that actually was quite happy enough that it went Australia's way. I wonder what Steve Smith had to say about it. Yeah, I saw the initial replay and I saw the bail come up. And then when I looked at it the second time, it looked like Johnny might have knocked the bail before the ball had come. Um, and then, yeah, the ball came and he took the stumps and it looked pretty close from, from at that stage. Um, you know, if the ball had hit at that first, um, the initial stage where the bail came up, then I, I think I was well out of my ground. But, um, yeah, on the, the next angle, it looked pretty close. Um, and, yeah, the umpire gave me not out. Uh, there's Steve Smith on the run out that wasn't in the end. Uh, Andy, Newcastle fans called into the show. Andy, what do you have to say? Hi, John. Um, my my problem is when are the umpires or the rule makers going to actually take into account of the fans? I paid 105 euros for the uh, test at Lords, taking a sum, and we lose so many overs, and it's laughable. Nobody does anything about it. If you could start to bring in, you know, you have all this gloves come on and field changes and. I've got to tie my shoelace and all of that. If, if, if there was a sanction within the game, so between lunch and tea, you're supposed to bowl 45 overs, you've bowled 36, then there's a 15-run penalty to the opposition. Would that speed up the game? Of course it would speed up the game. But we have to do something, because at the moment nothing is being done, and it's the public, and we are paying... I'm paying three times the price I was five years ago to go and watch Test Cricket, and I'm seeing 25% less. But who cares about us? Does well, anybody actually care about us? Well, it's a, it's a point we made yeah. It's a point we made last night, wasn't it? And Massive. Again, we've, we're in this situation where I'm looking down. We started off with Australia's innings with 25 overs old at the start of the day, and uh, it was wrapped up just before stumps. So only 78 overs was bowled again today. Now, England were without Moeen Ali, but Joe Root bowled some overs. Um, but, you know, the ticket price is here. I know that the Oval has got this kind of reputation as being the people's ground in comparison with Lord's. And I imagine that Lord's ticket prices are a little bit more expensive than here at the Oval. But the cheapest prices for this test match were in excess of £100. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm five or out, but mm. you, you're talking three figures for a seat. And as I, I, we're in a very fortunate position here at the Oval. I'm in with the fans in the OCS stand. Mate, there's no kids here. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very similar-looking demographic. And essentially, if you haven't bought your tickets 12 months ago, you're not getting in. You know, long gone are the days when, you know, you used to rock up on days four or five with 20 quid and you get yeah. in for a day's cricket. Tenner for, the, tenner for day five of the, old, uh, of, of the Oval Test match in 2005. I think it was a tenner to get in. £10 to get in. And John, I'm not surprising a Newcastle fan, John makes a great point. Um, but Andy. what in, in his, in, Andy, sorry, Andy, you know, John, I've got John on the brain. I'm looking at, sorry, I'm looking down. But you make a great point. But you know, when will the ICC get a hold of this? Umpires have got to drive this. Not the players, the umpires. The umpires, you've got 30 seconds between overs. Get in a position. Come on, lads, get on with the game. And until something's done, which could be like you bowl 30 overs in the first session and we have lunch. You bowl 30 overs in the second session, we have tea. We bowl 30 overs in the last session, we close the game. Whatever time it comes to it, that's it. Or we take penalty of 
if you are if you are twenty minutes behind on first session, then the breaks from forty minutes to twenty minutes, and if it's ten minutes at tea time, we have ten minute break at tea time. Hit the players that way, but the umpires for me drive this. Can't you just like you have an NFL or other other games where there's a clock? We talk about it in football as well. Can you not just have one big old clock on the side? And from the moment at the end of the over is called, and I know there are stoppages within an over, but mm. in the main they happen between overs. Can't you just have that? I mean, there was, I mean, Shane Warne, I oh, can't believe I'm going to say the late, great Shane Warne, but, you know, that's where we are, and it still doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, Shane used to say, why don't, he was actually an advocate of, of, of eight ball overs. Uh, essentially, the, the biggest time wasting takes place between, between overs. Yeah. So just go back to eight ball overs, reduce the amount of overs, and it just gets rid of a lot of the stoppages in play. We need Other a solution. Than, we need a big solution. No, Andy, Andy's it. still with it. I mean, Andy, Wait, you've been, obviously you've been watching cricket for a long, long time. Do you actually expect anything will ever change? Yes, I do. And the reason I say I do is because people like... Um, Mark Butcher, uh, who we're listening to today, who speaks great sense. And there's many, many ex-county players out there who have played test cricket, either a little bit or a lot, but who are completely au fait with both sides. Because both sides slow the game down. We need new gloves. We need this. So many things which are totally unnecessary. They could get together and form a code of conduct. This is what's going to happen on this test match. You're not going to be able to have a pair of gloves every 45 minutes. We're not going to keep changing. England today were a disgrace trying to get the ball changed, I don't know, 14, 15 times. Uh, Andrew just seemed to have lost there, but uh, the point he made was uh, was Brilliant. a very, very good one. Yeah, very good. Thanks for calling. Please uh, please keep in contact with the show. Uh, we've still got plenty to talk about as well uh, coming up. We're going to hear a little bit more from uh, the press conferences. We're going to hear from some of the Australian fans. Uh, we're going to hear from, uh, well, Bumble. David Lloyd, he lost his hat today. He also lost his way to the ground on the way uh, to the Oval today. So we're going to hear a little bit about his appearance uh, from Drive. And we're going to hear from Graham Gooch as well. So uh, lots to come uh, here on Following On Ashes Inquest. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. On DAB, online, on the app, and on your smart speaker. Following on, Ash's Inquest on Talk Sport. What a performance. Yesterday I got on two wrong trains. Two. I finished up in Earl's Court, then got back to Gloucester Road. I thought, I don't, I don't, want, to go, I don't want to go to Gloucester. What am I doing here? And anyway, this morning, I'm, I'm here so early this morning, and, and it was... But I've got to tell you, I've got... I need some help. I've got a tag on. I went to a drinks reception last night. And you know, they put a tag on you. Oh, you can't yeah. get it off? I can't get it off. <laughs> yeah, I struggled with that tag as well. Uh, you're listening to Following On Ash's Inquest. That was, of course, David Lloyd on breakfast uh, discussing his nightmare journey to the Oval this morning. And TalkSport Breakfast is back from 6 o'clock on Monday morning. Uh, Adrian Durham is going to be joined by Gabby Ag Bon Lahore. We've had uh, a tweet coming in from All Round Good Chap. It says, if breaks are shortened due to overrates, that unfairly punishes the batters. Harmy. Uh, yeah, swings and roundabouts, to be honest. Uh, uh, breaks are shorter. Help the batters. I punish, sorry, punish the batters? No. I think yeah, the longer you're out of the zone trying to get back into it, um, I just think the, the umpires drive this. I'll keep coming back to it. The umpires, because of what you've got in, in cricket now in Test Match Cricket, rather than any other cricket, it's it's driven by TV. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not having to go to TV for that. But what the TV do is they have an ad break and the umpire has got 30 seconds between each over to get in a position. But for me... It doesn't take 30 seconds. It's like 45. It's 30 seconds to get position, and then I'll grab your jumper. I'll, 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 you know, I'll have a chat with somebody. It should be that 30 seconds the game starts again, and that should be incorporated into the game. The minute, the minute you're in position, it should be ready to bowl, and I think that has got to be driven by umpires. Okay. Uh, let's hear from the former England captain, Graham Gooch, uh, who began by talking about this series and where it ranks among the very greatest Ashes series of all time. It would be up there because the excitement, the unpredictability, uh, the quality of the cricket from both sides and just the style of play and how England have tried to take the game to Australia and how Australia have responded. Every day has been, uh, you know, so exciting. But also, when you turn up to the game, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about the England style. Some people say it's great for Test cricket, bringing in a new audience. Some might say at times it's, it's cost England. Where do you stand on, on basketball? I know they don't like it being called basketball, but where, where do you stand watching in as a, a former player? Well, I think, I think the attacking, attacking intent of England is to be uh, admired. You know, taking the game to Australia, trying to set the agenda for the match, trying to take the initiative. I think that's brilliant. I'm, I'm all in favour of all of that. I think at times, especially in the first two tests, we didn't play some smart cricket. If we'd have been a bit smarter, we could have won maybe one or both of those games. 
But, you know, to be fair to Australia, they rolled with the punches. You know, they took everything England had and they came out on top. So credit to them. So, uh, you know, the game's still open here at the Oval. And uh, if England can win it, then two, I think it'd be a fair reflection. But in essence, it's brilliant. You're one of England's very, very best. If I could pick your brains on, on one man in particular at the top of the order, Zach Crawley who came into this series perhaps under a bit of pressure. But as we speak right now, he's the, the leading run scorer in the whole series. What have you made of, of him and the way he's gone about his business? Well, I think everyone had some doubts about him. I think about his ability to score big runs in test matches, not because of the talent. He's got talent. You can see that. He's got all the strokes. He's, he, you know, he's, he's got a game for it. But you obviously got to evolve your game and make sure you don't make mistakes. And maybe earlier in his career, he's making a few mistakes. But credit to the selectors, credit to Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum for sticking with him, backing him, showing that they believed in him. And now he's time to repay that. If Australia, a lot of work still to do, if they can secure the Test Series victory here in England... Where do they rank among some of the best Australian teams that have come over here? You've played against some of the very best, you've watched some of the very best. Where would they rank? How, how, how highly do you rate this Australia side? Well, I think they're a good side. I mean, Nathan Lyon getting injured has, has hurt them badly in terms of keeping their balance. But when you look at their side at the beginning of the series, you know, they had five four-seamers, world-class spinner, good batting lineup. you know, especially in the middle order. And um, they're a tough team. So um, if they win, and, and they want to win this match because they don't want people saying, well, you just drew it, you were lucky at, at Manchester to get away with that game. They, they want to go home 3-1, you know, first time they've won over here for 22 yeah. years, it'll be. So it'll be a great achievement. And yeah, I'm sure I've never seen any Australian side who don't play 100%. What a player he was, eh? I mean, when you put together your England 11 from your lifetime... Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, he opens, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. you, you do have a conversation, boycott, Cook, I but Gooch, Gooch, is Gooch, Gooch and, and one of the other two. It's Gooch and it's Gooch and Cook, really, isn't it? You know, you go, you go, Cook over boycott, surely. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, do you? I guess so. I think you I, score I, more I, runs. I, I score suppose. more runs. Hey, hey, look, I think it would be a great debate. In week, them debates are they're always great for the pub and everybody's got an opinion of it and then no one will agree but because you're going greats of lifetimes greats of all time but Graham Gooch as a player unbelievable great man as well spent a bit of time with him and he's the way he's enthusiastic about cricket is just it's just so good and the biggest thing about Gooch was all about hard working when he took over the England captain seat uh, he went from that drinking culture and had to get Botham and Gower and all these lots of lamb to buy into working hard and um, he, 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 it was all about hard work for Graham Gooch and then the talent took over from there. He was a great man. The, my producer, or our producer Scott, just said in my ear, save this for day four. I don't know if there's going to be a day four. It's just been one of those series. That's, um, do you know what, John? That's the worrying thing about... It is a fear. At this but, minute in time. But Gooch has got it right. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow. We will not know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, we won't. But the, the thing I fear about the day four bit is, just for instance, England England get 250 in front. That's, it, that's tea time tomorrow. <laughs> it is. You're right. No, it, it's tea right. time tomorrow. It's two. I don't know though. You know, they have overs. batted. They batted sensibly. Yeah, but it's fifty overs. The way England play, it's fifty overs. Two hundred and fifty in front is fifty overs. Bit and of rain tomorrow as well. Yeah, that might. That uh, to be honest, Brody and Jimmy might be happy with a bit of rain tomorrow because mm. then England get two fifty and fifty overs dragged over a day and a bit because there's a bit of rain that will give them a, 
even more chance of winning the game. But all of a sudden, if they're strapping them on for the last session tomorrow, after what they've gone through today, which is 103 overs, I think that brings Australia even more into into the game of batting the way they did in that first hour, hour and a half this morning. And they'd grind England down. You know, four bowlers, four main bowlers over 33. Um, that's asking a lot. Uh, Cookie does a good impression of Gooch, actually. So you could, if we pick both of those, then you could have Gooch doing a Gooch impression at one end and Cookie doing <laughs> a Gooch impression at the other. Anyway, um, we've still got uh, plenty more to come. We're going to hear from George Devell very shortly from the cricketer, uh, the York, uh, Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Um, found out today what their punishment was. Uh, we will be talking about that punishment and what it means to the county and cricket very shortly here on Ashes, uh, following on Ashes Inquest with myself, John Norman, and uh, him, Steve Harmison. Hitting you for six with Top Order Cricket Conversation. Following on Ashes Inquest on Talk Sport. Right away from the Ashes, Yorkshire have been fined £400,000 by the Independent Cricket Discipline Commission for their handling of the racism scandal that embroiled the sport. Uh, £300,000 of that will be suspended uh, and they've also been given an immediate 48-point deduction in this year's county championship. Uh, earlier this afternoon, I spoke to the Cricketer magazine senior correspondent, George DeBell, who is worried what impact the fine may have on some of the uh, devel- development programme at the county. I think the key thing is, I'm wondering where the money's going. Uh, what Yorkshire have done under the new management is uh, uh, set the bar for the pathways. Uh, so they have made kit and coaching free for all kids on the pathway. And by doing that, they've made sure that you don't just have you know, middle-class rich families. As part of it, I, I, I worry a bit that hitting them with a large financial penalty could uh, in some way jeopardise that. And it would be nice if the money was going to some use that was relevant there. But I think it is also important to set some sort of disincentive to other clubs and to Yorkshire as well to make sure that what happened there never happens again. And when other players come and report their concerns, they're not silenced, they're not ostracised. Uh, and the, yeah, everyone in cricket, sport, society even, learns because Yorkshire's initial responses to Adil Rashid and Azim Rafiq were awful and that's why they're being fined today. I don't see that it had to be a large fine I think or a large points penalty but I'm just a bit worried about where the money goes. Do you think that those who were affected back in the day will feel okay a line in the sand has now happened we can all move on the punishment's been meted out or do you think that there will be mixed feelings because of course some of those involved within the club at the times have actually gone on to get other jobs within the game in terms of yeah some of those who were sacked by Yorkshire have walked into other jobs without ever apologising without having uh, any sort of retribution at all really I mean they lost their jobs but walked straight into other jobs in cricket including with England I'm not convinced the game is still serious about trying to root out racism do you think the game is serious about looking like it wants to root out racism which it hasn't really done for the last 20 years. I think probably the jury's out. They're saying all the right things. I believe there are right people in high places at the moment. I do think they've got a very tough job. But, you know, we know that this report has just come out. It's made 44 recommendations. Uh, they've asked for 100 days to, to uh, respond to that, the ECB. And I think the jury is out. We'll, we'll see. But I say again, a lot of people are turning a blind eye to people who are fired for 
refusing to be part of a cultural change at Yorkshire. They've walked into other jobs. What message does that show? What message does that show, say, if you're an Asian player at another club and someone who was sacked for being involved in that is appointed without any going through any process? Has there been training courses? Have they been? Has there been any rehabilitation? Uh, it doesn't look like it to me. It still looks like the game is very, very cosy. And if you're seen as one of the good guys, you get walk into another job. So I don't know, but it, uh, at least there is some progress. At least, you know, there have been some punishments. At least Yorkshire has undergone some sort of cultural change. Uh, there's still work to do, but I think that the fact that these conversations are happening is all progress. Is the game in a better place now than it was on that day? What is it, six years ago that Azim Rafiq first raises this as a problem? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it has been worthwhile everything that he's been through everything the game's been through it's absolutely not perfect but I think at least people have come forward and, and people like me and you who I'm a, I certainly was very naive to the extent of the problem we are now aware of it we know what there are things we can do to be more inclusive and make it a game that everyone can enjoy so I think yeah at least we're aware of the problems and there are some solutions which have partially been put into place but there's still a lot more to do. One thing quickly, as I say, Yorkshire put in place free coaching and kit for kids in the pathway. I think that's a really good thing. I think there's a reaction against that from other counties who think it's expensive. I think that's incredibly small-minded. They have to realise that they actually can't afford not to do it. If we want the game to be relevant beyond the niche, that is, it's, it's been played largely by a niche, I'm afraid, right now, we have to ensure that everyone could afford to be part of it and that means free kit and coaching well he's been on top of that story for many years as uh, george um but from a durham perspective yeah. you know when, when you consider the the points deduction that durham had the, a few years back saw them relegated obviously yorkshire can't be relegated yorkshire didn't really look that likely to be going up goffey may disagree with that uh, they got penalized for the t20 blast three points knocked off their total even though they didn't even qualify for the knockout stages and that tournament's finished. Nothing from the one-day cup and they don't have to pay back 300 grand of the 400 grand fine if they behave themselves for two years, which I am pretty sure they will do. I imagine there are some Durham fans absolutely spitting tonight. And I'm one of them. Um, we are at 54 minutes past and we look as though we're going to finish at 57 minutes past seven and we haven't got long enough for what I'm going to say next. I, I, honestly, I think they've had the belly tickled. They've really had their belly tickled. And, and I get what George is saying, and George is 100% right. And I think we've got to be careful because Yorkshire have done loads of good work. Goffey and um, the new regime have done brilliantly to, to sort of stem the tide, try and help and, and move it forward. I think what they've done with the kit and the kids coaching, everything is fantastic. But it doesn't get away from the fact of what happened. It doesn't get away from the fact that what happened to the, at the cricket club. You know, my cricket club in, in Durham, we had, we got relegated. We had multiple year sanctions from a points perspective. We were told by the ECB we had to get our ground in such a place where, which cost money. And we got done for, this is all for, we got relegated and done points for relegation for, you know, financial irregularities. We spent 800,000 on a, on a, on a media centre, which is, Tip top, great place to watch a game of cricket from. And then we do the T20, the, the TV does a T20 blast from a caravan outside in the field. You know, they're wondering why we've we're not wasted all that money, but all that money's gone. And then all of a sudden, we, because of 
another competition needing getting from nine teams to wait. And I'm just speculating here, but we lose test status. Five international players, four or five international players left Durham County Cricket Club to go and play somewhere else because they didn't see the ability of honing their skills and playing for England because they weren't going to, three the next three years, we weren't going to be in the, in, in the first division of the championship. All of a sudden, Yorkshire have been done for racism. You know, there's some of the stuff that Yorkshire are being accused and found guilty of is absolutely disgraceful. And what do they get? They get a point deduction, which some would argue they would never have finished second in that championship anyway. They're getting 300 grand, you know, suspended. And they're getting it. And this is the best one. I just can't get my head around this. You dock a team four points. You know, it'd be, it'd be, like, saying to, it'd be like saying to Newcastle United, my team, oh, we're going to kick you out of the FA Cup when the fourth round's on, but we got beat in the third round. It just doesn't make sense. So I am all for, and I get, and I get this, I, I've got to try and, do, I've got to try and sort of separate from what Yorkshire have done in the past and what Yorkshire are now. What Yorkshire are now are going forward. What Yorkshire are now are looking for closure and trying to move on. I get that. But there's got to be, the punishment's got to fit the crime. And I'm sorry. I'm, I, I still can't get my head round it. I'm sorry. We'll get more into it on the Cricket Collective when I can really come off my long run, but tonight we haven't got enough time. I think, I think Yorkshire have had their belly tickled. Well, I can't uh, really add any more to that, but you can hear the anger and the passion from a guy that uh, tells it as it is more often than not. Uh, Harmit will be back this time tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. We're either going to be... Who knows what what we're going to be Hopefully not Yorkshire. (laughs) We won't be talking about... Well, we're going to have coffee on, maybe, so maybe we will. But no, we're not. We're not going to talk about Yorkshire. Uh, We're going to uh, be talking about day three of uh, this, the fifth and final Ashes test. Uh, What stories are going to be written uh, here tomorrow? Uh, the weather may play a little bit of a part, but it's not going to get in the way uh, anywhere like what we saw at Old Trafford. So uh, join us uh, between 7 and 8 t- tomorrow on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.